for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. What's going on, everybody? Another Tuesday. Today is May 17th, 2022, and today's guest is Billy Barnett. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is number 216. And today's guest, like I said earlier, is Billy Barnett. Now, if you've never heard of Billy Barnett, um, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know he even existed until about a couple weeks ago. I was surfing the social medias and came across a guy that had completed a U.S. turkey slam. Now, what that means is he killed a bird that you could kill, or a bird in 49 states that offered him. And I'm like, this is crazy. This is, I like, I want to know more. Like, I'm not a huge turkey hunter. I love to turkey hunt every year when it comes around to be that time. But, like, it's nothing like deer hunting. Like, I consume it all year, every day, all year, 365 days. It's nothing like that. But I was like, I really want to hear this story. So... I reached out to him and he got back to me and this guy couldn't be a nicer guy. And this is a really cool story. He he traveled to 49 states in the US and killed turkeys and it took him 4 years or just over 4 years. But the crazy thing is is one year he hit 14, I think it was 14 states in one spring. And I'm like, wow. So then we kind of dive into that and and like how he hopscotched from state to state and how he'd only spend like two days on each state. It's it's nuts. Um, so it's really cool. It's We talk about his favorite bird, uh, you know, the hardest bird, the hardest state he had to hunt, the easiest state. So it's pretty neat. It's, it's a different one, and, and I thought everybody would like this one, and I really enjoyed it. So um, this one will probably be our last turkey talk unless I kill a turkey or something. I honestly... I've only been out twice this year and um, in Michigan with a gun in my hand and uh, the birds are getting tougher. I actually hunted with my dad on Saturday morning and I called a Tom and two Jakes in and they, I wanted, I wanted him to kill and they were coming from my left and they were at 13 yards and I could have killed him, but he was, they were looping around to the decoys and they had to go around a tree and it was going to be right in my dad's lap. And right when they got around to the decoys, they must have been in some decoy sets already this year and watched their buddies die or, you know, them getting close to being killed because they did not like the decoy setup. And honestly, it's the first time I've ever had turkeys spook to a decoy it, or from a decoy. It was really weird. But, um, yeah, they didn't really like that. So they boogered out and then, you know, so could have killed one, but uh, I wanted my dad to get one first. So. Uh, hopefully get back out a couple more times season's kind of winding down a little bit but uh get back out and try to get one down so yeah before we get into this interview with billy i got some uh housekeeping things i want to talk about uh exodus first exodus trail cams just want to tease a little bit that uh velvet fest the guy the guys they do velvet fest every year uh, i'm gonna tease it hashtag velvet velvet fest don't don't forget that it will launch in july Um, So get ready for that. Also, uh, I want to talk about quickly about their Exodus Advantage, the five-year no BS warranty. If you're not familiar with the Exodus Advantage, let me just tell you, these three things, five-year no BS warranty, five-year theft and damage coverage, and best-in-class customer service. I'm not going to lie to you. Their customer service is, I'm a big customer service guy, and I know a lot of friends of mine are as well. They are second to none. So their customer service is unbelievable, and they make an awesome product. Now it's time to experience the Exodus Render. Do yourself a favor. Start running the most dependable Exodus Render cell camera right now. So go to their website. Check them out, exodusoutdoorgear.com. Get uh, Exodus Render, um, and I will tease. Yeah, you'll know more about it next week, but I will tease that uh, they're in their seventh year anniversary, and we'll be having 
they'll be running a sale. They'll have a code, and I'll have that, and uh, we'll be running that next episode. So just get ready. Yeah, you guys will be able to save again on some renders and get your renders going. So that's for Exodus. Next is Helix Broadheads. I don't have to say too much about these guys. Uh, I Other than I will say... I am going to be having my deer hunts come out on my YouTube channel. I'm going to start teasing these a little bit in June, early June sometime. I haven't figured out a date yet, so be ready. Spread the word. Um, they'll be on the Fall Podcast YouTube channel, my Illinois hunt and my Ohio hunt. So that will be coming, and you'll get to see these broadheads in action. You'll see get get to see a long bomb, 54-yard shot, pass through, 12 ring, and then you also get to see, see a uh, you know chest on shot. So Helix Broadheads, if you guys want to know more about these, go to uh helixbroadheads.com we are in the works of a giveaway i think i kind of teased that earlier this year but um i've been talking to brian over there we're going to be doing a giveaway here shortly so just kind of working the kinks out with that so be ready for that as well um and then last and certainly not least uh vector custom arrows i just received yesterday my new zmrs and they are really cool um, I haven't get to shoot them yet. I literally got them, pulled them out of the package and just kind of like inspected them, looked them all over. And I'm like, man, these are sweet. So I'm, I'm excited to get those out. They did a sale yesterday for the ZMRs. Again, the second sale, um, check those out and also check out their HMRs. I went with the ZMRs and the HMRs because the HMRs are their heavy guys. Um, I'm at like a 590 grains total weight. Uh, and these ones, the ZMRs are basically my arrows from last year. They're going to be right around that 480. I, I haven't, I haven't weighed them, uh, a final weight yet. I just got them, like I said. So I think they're like 480 or 490. So I got to expect they're going to be a lot, probably like my arrows last year, which that was a great setup, but I, I wanted to try a, a different, like a heavier setup with the HMR. So I got best of both worlds now, um, and set my bow up and, to be able to shoot both of those. So yeah, um, I will tease, I can't say much, but, uh, we're signing a new partner and I'm just gonna kind of leave it there. I'm really, really jacked about it. Um, when you guys can know more, I will let you know more, but, uh, yeah, I'm super pumped about that. So, um, I guess with that being said, I just wanted to get everything out there. We got a great line of guests coming up. Uh, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be recording with Clint Casper here soon and then he's Cisco soon. So we got some, we got a good lineup coming. So, um, yeah, after saying, um, 800 times, let's get over this interview with Billy and, uh, hope you guys enjoy this and don't forget, please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a written review as well. That'd be greatly appreciated. And also tell a friend about the podcast. That would be also greatly appreciated. And here's this interview with Billy. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Fall Podcast, and today is a special day for me because I've been looking forward to doing this episode for a while now. I read this article about this gentleman um, doing something that not a lot of people in this world have done. Actually, I think only 13, right? Were you the 13th? Uh, there's uh, That was registered through the NWTF. Uh, there's been some others that have okay. completed this. Yeah. Yep. Not so, for sure on the exact number. Yep. So when I read your article or the article about this, I'm like, I got to talk to you. So Mr. Billy Barnett, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for coming on and doing this. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. I appreciate you asking me to do this and I enjoy talking talking about it. So uh, yeah, thank you for asking me to come on. Yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, um, like I told you before, you know, before we were recording, you know, this podcast is centered around whitetails, but when you have a story about uh, doing the U.S. turkey slam and killing a turkey in all 49 states that offer uh, birds or a subspecies of a turkey, my ears perk up because I'm a turkey hunter. I do love, love to turkey hunt, but um, I can't wait to get in this. I got a list of questions. We're probably not going to get through them all, but um, man, congratulations. First and foremost, it's pretty pretty cool feat. Yeah, I appreciate it. It, it was a lot of work. Uh I didn't really realize it at the time, you know, I was just turkey hunting, but looking back on it, it just seems like, uh, you know, it's kind of overwhelming thinking back about all the places that I went, and, you know, all the hunts that I was, that I was on. So it's yeah. kind of seemed like a blur at the time, but it, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I was reading an article I think you did for Realtree. Is that, didn't you do an article for Realtree? 
Uh, yeah, they contacted me and uh, asked me about my story. Yep, yep. I read that, and it talked about how this kind of started on a, I shouldn't say by accident, but kind of an accident. Is that is that how it kind of went down and how it started? Yeah, um, I never, I never really thought about doing a U.S. Super Slam. I'd heard of people doing it, but I, you know, that was like thinking about playing Major League Baseball for a living. You know, right. to me, yep. yep. Uh, it just didn't seem, didn't seem like it was possible, and um, I yeah, I just started out. I you know I turkey hunt here at home in Kentucky. Uh, that's where I'm from, and I hunt here every year. And uh, sometimes I'll go to Tennessee and hunt down there because it's so close. But that was about the extent of my traveling turkey hunting. And um, I just decided I wanted to get a grand slam. You know, we me and my buddies had always talked about doing one and. We just never could get together and go. And I finally just said, hey, I want to go do this. And uh, that's kind of where it all started from. You know, just I went to Florida in uh, 2016, got my Osceola. And uh, actually, I came back from that trip and uh, I was just excited about turkey hunting after I got that bird. I went ahead and went back to Alabama and I hunted it because it came in the next weekend. And then uh, the next weekend after that, I went to Tennessee and hunted there and then uh, hunting Kentucky, and um, then I planned later on in the season, I, I took a trip out west and uh, went to uh, Kansas and got my Rio there, and then went to uh, South Dakota, the Black Hills, and that's where I shot my Merriam to uh, complete my first Grand Slam, so that's kind of how it all started. Yep. Uh, you know, and the Grand Slam to me feels like it's really hard to obtain. You know, and that's how many birds? Is that four birds? The, four birds, yep. So you got the Osceola, the Eastern, the Merriams, and the, uh, the um, oh boy, no, I can't Rio. even. Rio. The Rio, I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, and that just seems like it's, you know, when you think about it, it's like, man, that's a lot of traveling. You know, even if you want to spread it out, like, you know, you got to go out west to get your Merriams normally, uh, you know, and then down... In in Florida to Osceola for the Osceolas, that's only in like one or two counties, right? Like you got to be pretty precise with those birds, isn't it? Yeah, they've kind of got a line that they consider what's uh, Osceolas and Easterns. Uh, I, I would you can about just generally say about the top quarter of Florida is Easterns. Okay, you know, just generally speaking, and then everything south of that would be what they consider Osceolas. Mm-hmm. So when you got your grand slam finally done, uh, what, like, when did it hit you? Like, I think I want to do the U S U S slam, like, you know, 49 birds or, you know, 49 birds in 49 States that offer them. So like all but Alaska, right? Alaska doesn't have a turkey population. So everything but Alaska, is that right? That's correct. Okay. So like, when did it hit you? Were you driving sometime from a trip or whatever? And it was just like, man, I think I want to do this. Yeah, um, I guess I, I was just like a kid at Christmas when I went out west turkey hunting. I mean, I'd never heard any other turkey gobble besides the eastern mm-hmm. and the Osceola, you know. So the first Rio gobble I heard in Kansas, I mean, there's a, you know, you can tell a difference in the gobble. And it just, it just intrigued me. And, um, you know, it just got me excited. And, you know, uh, and then I was heading on out South Dakota to go after Merriam after that. I mean, I was just so excited about it. And uh, on the way back home from that trip, um, I already knew, I I didn't think about doing the U.S. slam at that point, but I knew that I wanted to come back out west and hunt again. I I didn't know what I was missing out on. and uh, So when I got back home, I I did register all my birds through the NWTF uh, registration. And um, once they sent me my certificates and stuff and uh, you know, they'll put your name on a list on their website. And I was looking at that and I, it just kind of, I, I don't know, I was excited still. So I, I thought, well, I wonder what else is out there. You know, what other challenges, you know, or slams is there? So I started looking around and I, you know, seen the U.S. slam and I thought, man, that would be cool. I think, uh, I believe the first year I ended up with seven states. So, uh, you know, that was kind of a pretty good little start right off the bat. Sure. And uh, so I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll hit a few states here and there. And 
you know, maybe eventually before I die, maybe I can try something like that, get close or something. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it started, I guess, whenever I started looking, when they sent me my certificate for the Grand Slam and saw my name on the list, you know, I started yep. looking at other other options, I guess. So, Did you have a time frame on this? Were you like, man, I'd like to complete this in like three, four years? Or were you just like, eh, I'll just keep chipping away at it and whenever it happens, it happens? Um, at first, I didn't. Um, the second year, I, I got excited going into turkey season for the second year. <clears throat> it's like going to the buffet, you know, you feel your plate oh, yeah. full. <laughs> you get back, you're like, I shouldn't have got all that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I did with my turkey season the next year. Uh, I ended up getting eight states uh, in 2017. And, um, you know, it kind of started building momentum. You know, at, at first, I didn't really have a time frame at all. I was just wanting to go turkey hunting and see what I could do. I I didn't know how I was going to do on these, you know, going to a brand new place and not know anything about it. And, uh, you know, you're not guaranteed to get one. So, um, so I was just trying to, you know, I thought, well, I'll just keep chipping away at it. But the closer it got, um, I think it was the next year, uh, 2018, I believe I got 14 states that year, new wow. states. 14 states and, in one spring? Yeah. Oh, and my gosh. <laughs> when I did that, I kind of, at the end of that season, I kind of looked ahead and I thought, man, this would be awesome to get this thing done in five years. And I really believe I could have done it. Yeah. Um, that's what I was shooting for after about the third year when I when I saw that I could do this, you know. And, I mean, I was just, uh, the momentum and the fire inside me was built. I mean, uh, I took off and, you know, I would shoot a bird, stop, take some pictures, you know, enjoy it for a minute. And then I was on the road and I was just trying to get to the next state to see if I could get another one knocked off. So. Yeah. So before you go any farther, this is my, me being a bad host, but I want to go back just real quick and, and kind of ask you a question about like the fire of turkey hunting. Like when were you always a turkey hunter growing up? Like, was it like a big thing? Like you just lived and breathed turkeys or, or how did that come about? No, um, I, I just got into hunting probably about like everybody else in small game, you know, rabbit, squirrel hunting. And, um, from there, you know, I just got into deer hunting, you know, and that, and that, that was my big thing. I really loved deer hunting mm-hmm. and, uh, the turkey hunting really wasn't too popular when I started hunting, I guess. And, uh, no, you know, there was a few guys that older guys in my, that lived around me that turkey hunted, but you know, nobody ever talked about turkey hunting much. And, um, I, I don't know. I, 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 my uncle actually took me out, uh, the first year it opened on in our County and, uh, took me out to his farm and I went out there and we kind of were just like, you know, dropping somebody off that didn't know anything at all. I mean, we had a shotgun and a turkey call that bought, you know, but that was it and didn't know anything about it. But when I started hearing them birds gobble, I mean, it just, it really, it just sent something through me that I wanted to go chase those things. Yep. And, uh, you know, and then I, I hunted some on my own, uh, you know, after that. And I think that's really what kind of made me love turkey hunting even more is I was out there by myself trying to figure this out and, uh, you know, trial and error, you know, uh, I remember the first bird that I ever shot at, I mean, he could have been a hundred yards away and I was so excited <laughs> that I just had saw, you know, called one in and right. got to shoot at him. I mean, I was more excited about just getting him in there to shoot at him than actually getting him. So, yep. uh, so I kind of, you know, I think, I think it really did help me to go out and try to figure this out on my own. I don't know if I would be the same person if somebody took me out, did all the work for me and just told me when to shoot. You know, sure. I, I just don't think I would be the same, yep. same type of hunter that I am today for turkeys. Yep. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Cause that, that's kind of how I was as well. I mean, when you, when you kill that first bird by yourself, when you call it in yourself, it comes into the decoys or whatever you're doing. You know, if you don't have decoys and, and you are successful by yourself, it's like, it, it's amazing for me and how much confidence I got after that. That was like, I can do this. 
Like the, I might not be the best caller, but I can do it just enough to, you know, hear the birds gobble, spit and drum, come in right in my face, beat up the decoys, and I'm going to shoot them in the face. Like, <laughs> that is so cool, yeah, it, you know, and the confidence yeah, it, just builds. Yeah, it, it, just something between you and that bird mm-hmm. when you're sitting there by yourself and you know that you call that thing in. Yep. Uh, you know, and you, it just, I don't know. That's what makes me want a turkey hunt. I mean, if they didn't gobble and you couldn't call to them, I wouldn't be doing it. It'd be tough, man. It'd be same with me. Like you just love, I mean, I'll shoot a bird coming in that doesn't gobble when he comes in, but like, you know, at the grand scheme of things, when you look at the whole big picture, if birds didn't gobble at all, it'd be really hard for me to pursue them as well. Yeah. Yep. So going back to logistics, I mean, you talked about, you did 14 states in one spring. I mean, that is, that is unreal, but like, Let's let's jump to the logistic part of this because I feel like that had to been almost like a full time job, you know, because you got to be. I feel like you'd have to be on the ball, you know, with all your movements, what you're gonna do, where you're gonna travel, because if you're not, you might be wasting a lot of money and time. I would think. Yeah, it, you. Uh, I would start planning as soon as season was over. I mean, I was already planning for the next season. Okay. Uh, trying to figure out where I was going to go to trying to put states together. If I could group them together, you have to write down when the season's open, you know? Uh, so you have to coordinate all that kind of stuff. Um, it, there's, there's more planning to it than the hunting part of it. I mean, it's, that's the hard part. Um, just figuring out where to go, what time to go, you know, time of the year or when the season's open and uh, all the, you know, there's so many different rules in every state. I mean, you know, one you can, you know, one might start at, uh, you know, sun or sunrise, and then the other one might uh, start at 30 minutes before sunrise, or you know, it's just or quit at 12 o'clock, or you know, just so much to it. I mean, it's. Um, I would actually, I, I would take envelopes, and I got to where I was using the bigger ones, and I would write the state on there and. I would write down the bag limit. I would write down the shooting hours, um, write down, I would put license tags, you know, how you check them in, all of those different uh, things that you would need to know. And when I'd buy my license, I'd put a check mark beside it, put the date that I received it, and I would drop it in that envelope and I would have it with me. And um, just doing little stuff like that really helped me more than anything. Yeah. Um, I, would... I was by myself most of the time on this trip. So I didn't have a lot of time just to sit in the passenger seat right. and study this stuff. So that was kind of a quick reference for me to, you know, going state to state. Yep. How did you, how did you budget each state? Did you have like a, you know, a set amount that you wanted to spend? I mean, you don't have to get into the nitty gritty of the numbers or anything like that, but just, I just think the whole budget side of things would be so difficult uh, just to keep that in line as well. Yeah, uh, on that envelope, I would have a, uh, I actually had just a regular size envelope as well. And I would write, uh, you know, how much the tags cost, how much the license was. And I would have that figure right, wrote right on the front of it. And every paycheck, I would just take money, you know, starting in June, June 1st, as soon as the season was over. Every time I got paid, I'd take a little bit of money that I could set aside, put it in a, put it in that envelope and, once I got one paid off, I'd put an X across it and throw it in the gun cabinet, and then I'd move to the next one. And uh, by the time turkey season got around, you know, uh, I would have the, enough money to cover all the costs and uh, wouldn't just have to come up with it all at once. So, Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And, I mean, it's very – I mean, yeah, that had to been like a full-time job, I would feel like. It, yeah, it was. Uh, I, there's just so much into the planning part of it. I mean, I can't stress that enough. It's just, uh, that's where all the work is at, in my opinion. Yep. Now, what were some of the big hurdles that you had to kind of overcome, you know, just logistically, travel-wise, budgeting, stuff like that? Like, what would be some of the, the big hurdles that you had that were kind of setbacks, maybe? Um. Probably the, you know, most of these states I drove to. Um, uh, so, it, you know, I had to, what I would try to do, I'd try to leapfrog states. <clears throat> uh, like when I went up in the New England states, um, 
I think that I was able to, let's see, I'm, as far as I can remember, I don't think I missed one single morning where I didn't get to hunt. Really? Uh, I would try to plan. Yeah. Uh, like the first morning I went to uh, Ohio on that trip. So from my house to where I hunted in Ohio was about four hours. So I took off on a Friday, drove there, was able to hunt that, you know, and they have an early cutoff in the early season. And then when I got finished that day, I took off and drove to Pennsylvania, you know, and uh, got to hunt there that morning. And then after that hunt, you know, I think the longest drive that I made on that trip was from there to uh, Massachusetts, I believe. Uh, so, but I still, I was up there enough time to be able to get up the next morning and hunt the next, you know, hunt a state. So I hunted every single day of those trips, you know, uh, I just planned it out where I could, you know, it, it didn't make any sense to drive from my house all the way to Maine and then start working my way back. And actually, uh, I struck out Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Connecticut. I didn't even kill a bird in the first, that was the first three hunts that I had. Really? And it was, once I got all the way up to, uh, on up north in the Maine, it's like I just started killing them one after another, you know every day and uh, Maine and Connecticut actually killed those two the same day. And uh, it's like I built, built momentum and then I came back down uh, and uh, I forgot about this, but I came back to Pennsylvania and hunted it that morning and got a bird and then ran over to uh, Ohio where I started out and ended up getting a bird there about, I think it was about 12 o'clock that afternoon. <laughs> Did you ever get out of your camo? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so how did you how did you plan like first of all, I guess, were all these public land hunts or were you doing on private or did you know people? Uh it was a mixture of everything. Um yeah, the farther I got along in this thing, you know, uh you would tell somebody, you know, people are intrigued when you when you tell them what you're doing, they're like, Oh, Russ, you know, most people never heard of it. Right. But uh, then everybody wants to offer help. They'll say, well, I've got a buddy that lives over in this state. Have you got that one yet? You know, and then next thing you know, you got people trying to help you and root you on to, you know, they just, they think it's cool, you know, pretty cool to, to somebody would try something like that. So That is neat because I feel like, you know, on just that particular tour there, you know, I feel like if let's say you're going to do a public or you know, let's say you know someone in Ohio, that that's like an easy, you know, a, like a nice thing to have because then it's like, were you saying, okay, this is where my first stop is in Ohio. And then how cl how far do I w really want to drive? Because they close at noon, like you said. Um, how far do you want to drive to PA? And then do you, were you just kind of like, well, what's some public ground around here that I could hit? And you just go hit that. Is that kind of how it went? Yeah. Um, it. Actually, I think I made two trips. I went in 2017 to Ohio first, and I hunted two or three days there and uh, struck out. Just got some close calls, but uh, so I kind of remembered where I was at before, and uh, and I'm not afraid to bounce around. You know, if I if I get into an area and I just not have any luck or just don't like it, uh, I'll change. I'll get. I'll just look up another place and go try something else, you know, get a change of scenery and kind of yep. get the reset button. So um. how, how long would you give a state? Like, would you be in a state for three days? Okay. On that new England trip, uh, the, the way I planned it out, I was going to give each state two days. And if I killed early, if I, if I was able to kill a bird on the first day, I would move three days, you know, I'd moved up to three days uh, for the next state. Yep. yep. If, I was able, if I was able to kill the, the first day there, I'd have four days on the next one, you know, and I just kept kind of pushing them that way. So, but that's the way I, I had enough time off work and uh, this, the number of states that I had, uh, I, I was going to give it two days in each state. Okay. And then we're, are a lot of those Eastern states like that, like, can you only hunt till noon? on a lot of those states? Yeah. Uh, a lot of the Northeast, that's, that's the way the rules are up there. Yeah. Really? Okay. And then some of them, you can't like PA, you probably couldn't even hunt on Sundays. Could you? Um, I don't think you could. Yeah. Uh, there. And then, uh, 
uh, Massachusetts. I believe that one was closed on uh, Sundays. Uh, I believe it's either Massachusetts or Rhode Island. Uh, one of the two. I remember I had to hunt one one day and then switch to the other because it was on Sunday. So, yeah, you've got all those factors to uh, yeah. consider, too. I mean, there's so much to it. I mean, it's <laughs> it's easy so to get much. confused and try to keep up with all of it. Yeah, and, and if anything goes wrong as far as, like, I mean, it could be anything. I just feel like a monkey wrench into the plans, it's like you could go derail, like, so fast. I know I would. <laughs> That's, oh, absolutely. You know. And, you know, uh, one of the biggest things that can slow you down or hurt you is the weather. And, I mean, you sure. can't factor that in, so. Yeah, especially in the spring. You have no idea what the what the spring weather is going to do, you know. Absolutely, yeah. You could have anything. <laughs> yeah. So how long was that trip then for that, like, northeastern, that run? Like, how long did you give, I guess, how long were you gone for that first trip? I believe it was 10 days. How many uh, birds did you kill? Trip. Um, I'd have to figure it up. I, I had 14 for the whole season, you know, 14 new states. Yep. Uh, I did, I did go some other states that year, but, um, let's see. I... Eating better is easy with factors, delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes, including calorie smart protein plus, which is the one I like and keto get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. You said you did have to come back and, and hunt Ohio and PA again, right? Like you didn't kill on the first swing going up to the northeast, but when you come back through, you were you, were you able to, to kill the birds on the way back through then? I was, yeah. Um, I just kind of, I've got a map here and I just kind of glanced over. Uh, it shows me uh, with nine, I picked up nine states on that trip right okay. there. Yep. And then you completed all nine then? I did, yep. 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 Now... Is there any stipulations in the U.S. slam where they have to be toms, or can you shoot jakes, or how does that work? I, I don't think there is. And, uh, uh, you know, it, there's nothing that really says. And I honestly, I think you could shoot a hen in the fall, you know, in these states. Oh, that really? Let you. Okay. And I believe that would be considered, you know, it just says a turkey in each state. So, um, yeah, I think anything would, uh, would count for that. Yep. So. Did you kill any jakes or any bearded hens or anything? Um, I did kill two jakes, and uh, I'd like to go back and replace them. Uh, I had one in Texas, and then I had one in New Hampshire. Okay. And uh, just, you know, you know how that goes sometimes. Yep. You know, I was trying to shoot long beards. That's, that was my goal. But, um, you know, they came in, and all you could see was their head, and they were gobbling and stuff. And you, they look like toms, but uh, they ended up being two jakes. So. Yep. I guess in all the trips you've ever had, what is like, 
have you killed any birds that were like banded or radio collared or anything crazy like no spurs maybe you know what i mean like anything crazy where it's like you know did you ever kill any birds like that and if so like what was it okay um i never did get any radio collars no bands uh out of all the birds i've shot i've only had the the most beards i've ever had is two and uh it there was several states uh believe it or not i think i've got maybe five different states that I've killed double beards in. Really? And it was just pure, yeah, just, you know, just walk up to them and there's a the double beard, you know. And yep. I, I didn't have them scouted out or anything like that. Um, the bird that I shot in Missouri, um, his legs looked just like a hen's legs. I mean, he had zero spurs. I mean, you couldn't even tell that he ever had any, you know, or a place that they would even start growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's the only bird I've ever shot that was completely like that. Really? Any, yeah. um, that, that's crazy. And that, that's kind of crazy to me that you only shot two that were double beard. Wasn't it two you said? Um, no, I, I, I've, I've never shot a bird that had more than two or more two than two. Beards. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, with all the States you've been to and all the birds that you've seen and get an opportunity at, I would have thought for sure you'd have some triple or quadruple beards in there or something yeah i you would think i mean i i know guys that have hunted for five years and they've killed a four bird or four bearded bird you know it's just the luck of the draw mm-hmm. i guess sometimes and yep. uh, so what was your biggest bird out of the whole whole trip or out of everything like biggest like as far as beard length uh the big the longest beard has been in tennessee and it was about 12 and a quarter Oof, and wow. um then I shot a uh, the heaviest bird and the thickest bearded bird by far came from Iowa and it was right at twenty seven pounds. Oh and, my uh, Atlanta! I mean, it looks like you took four beards and put them together. Four east, you know, four just average eastern beards and put them together. And it just it's humongous. And it, he was actually a double beard in Iowa. He had a uh, just a little bitty strand, you know, there was. I mean, just tiny, maybe mm-hmm. three inches long right above it. But yeah, he was, that was definitely the biggest bird I've ever shot. 27 pounds. That is a giant bird. He <laughs> was a monster. <laughs> yeah. What about hook length? What's, what's the biggest hooks? Do you remember? Um, I, you know, I haven't shot any giants. Um, you know, I had one that was right at an inch and a half mm-hmm. uh, and I actually got that from here. But as far as pushing that farther than that, you know longer than that i haven't shot anything bigger than that so okay but that's and not very many you know uh inch and a quarter i've shot a bunch of them but you know once you get over inch and a quarter you're starting to get into some pretty old birds or you know that's kind of a rarity to find something bigger than that yeah for sure so after that you know t- wasn't it 2017 you hit 14 states isn't that correct you said uh, 2018. 18, you hit 14. So in 2019, yep. how many states did you hit then? Did you just try to try to do 14 more, or what was that like? Um, I would have to figure it up. Um, I hit quite a few. I, I'm thinking, I, I, I know 14 was the most. Um, I think I maybe like 12 in okay. 2019, I believe. And just kind of do the same thing, like hopscotch in states, just like go to, you know, go to Missouri, then maybe hit Iowa, and then go to, you know, like, Oklahoma or somewhere, Kansas, somewhere in there. How did you, how did you navigate that as well? The same way. Yeah, um, I had quite a few out west that year, uh, like Montana, North Dakota, South or uh, Wyoming, Colorado, uh, New Mexico, and then uh, I'm kind of looking over my map here. I did have South Carolina and North Carolina that year, and uh, so I kind of grouped those two together: uh, West Virginia and. Uh, maryland i got those two uh, that year so yeah i just uh and the like i said the others were out west so yeah i just kind of grouped them the best i could and <laughs> you could probably plan a little better than i did at first <laughs> i just kind of threw darts at the map and took off but yeah uh, what was some of the most wicked terrain or you know timber that you've ever hunted in what state was it in um, as far as walking around, Hawaii was definitely the hardest. Really? Um, absolutely. I mean, it, every you know, I'd, I'd heard other guys tell me about hunting there, 
and you know make sure you're got good boots and all you know and i thought yeah yeah you know i'm i live here in kentucky you know we climb hills all the time oh yeah but when when i got to hawaii it didn't take i actually took my wife with me the first morning she went she was gonna go uh, sit with me and it was i mean she was having trouble keeping up with me and i was having trouble and i know you know uh, that that lava rock it's just everything is loose underneath and there's grass growing on top of it and so you can't really tell what's going to happen when you put your foot down uh, i mean it would be so easy to turn an ankle or you know step off in a hole or something and because uh, there's no stable ground at all uh, on that volcano i mm-hmm. mean it's just everything there is moving <laughs> yep now what turkeys do they have over there what what species are they uh, they're Rios. Okay. Okay. Yep. And now is that was that an outfitted hunt or do they have public land and stuff like that you can go on? Nope. I just uh I hunted on public land there and um you know, there there is a lot of birds in Hawaii. A lot of them are on private land. I mean you can drive around and see them. Uh, I never did knock on any doors. And a lot of places you see these birds you can kinda tell that they're not gonna let anybody hunt because there's you know, there's a lot of no no trespassing signs and no yep. hunting signs up. But and they're almost like pets, you know, you can pull up to them and you know that <laughs> these people are not gonna <laughs> let you shoot their birds. But uh, but you know, there is some on public land and uh you know I I feel like you're just catching some coming from the private up on the public, you know. Yep. And uh, but yeah, that was a fun hunt. I really enjoyed hunting there. We actually I went there in 2020 to get my Hawaii bird, and then we liked, we enjoyed it so much we went back last year and hunted again. So nice, very cool. Is there a big population of birds over there? I think so. Yeah, um, from what I've seen. Now it's it's tough hunting. Um, I wanted to go opening day. You know, it was March first, and they're not very. You know, they're hinned up pretty bad. I mean, if you're if you were wanting to go to Hawaii, I would actually wait till, you know, probably the third week in March before I would take off. Um, you know, let the let the hens uh, start nesting, and because once they fly down in the morning, I mean, I didn't hear that many gobbles, you know, throughout the day. I mean, it was pretty tough, but uh, you know, I was just lucky to get on them quick and uh, just kind of stuck with them and. Uh, I mean, I actually had to ambush the ones I killed. They oh, were, really? But you, yeah, I mean, I never did call one in. I would just kind of use the train and get up close to them and kind of watch them. And it's kind of open, but it's thick. And um, I would just watch which way they're going, and I would try to get in front of them. I, I tried calling to them the first day mm-hmm. and uh, had a perfect setup, but just didn't work out. And they went right to the hens, and then that was it. And you know, so I would, I would recommend going later in the season if you were going to go to Hawaii and hunt. Okay. Yep. So I know I'm kind of jumping around here, but I got questions popping in my head that I just, I'm like, I need to ask that. <laughs> ask this. But, <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. Um, From state to state, you know, they could be the same species. It could be Easterns or whatever. But if you, let's say you went and hunted in Missouri and then went like right to Iowa, you know, or it could be any state, but I'm just in speaking here. Did you see any like drastic different changes in correlation to birds as far as like, you know, and it could be so many different factors. It could be, you know, the, the hens and toms, it could be early. They haven't, they haven't broke up or anything like that. It could be the public urine. It could be pressured birds. Like, I understand that, but like, did you see any like distinct, you know, features in birds that were like, man, these birds just don't gobble on the roost or they just don't gobble midday. Like, did you see any of that? Yeah, um, most of your southern states, the farther south you go, it seems like the quieter they get. I mean, they'll gobble off the roost, maybe, and fly down, and then you won't hear them the rest of the day. Okay. And I really believe it's just hunting pressure. I mean, every I hunted mostly uh, public land uh, in uh, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana, Arkansas. All of those states, I hunted public land, and there was so many people down there. I mean, it's just really, uh, yeah. I mean, but I was always trying to get there on opening day or opening week or within the first two weeks of the season. And, um, so it was crowded. Uh, 
I think those turkeys just know what's going on. I, when they hear 10 cars come down the road, you know, in the morning when there's not been anybody in there for months, I, I think they're kind of just getting to the point where they know it's hunting season. There's people in the woods again. And uh, I, I just think they know what, you know, after years and years of that, I think they finally figured it out. So, yeah. Did you keep stats as far as like how many birds you killed off the roost? How many birds you killed mid morning or midday? Did you keep stats like that? Um, I, I usually, uh, I kind of use Facebook as a journal, I guess. Okay. Uh, so I, like all the pictures I would take on my trip from that state, you know, I would, uh, and when I did get a bird, I would put them in a post and kind of, uh, put in there, you know, how much you weighed and stuff like that. Um, I do have a, uh, I do keep records on a, uh, spreadsheet, you know, the weights and the beard lengths and spurs and all that. Yep. Uh, and the dates. So, uh, yeah, I, you could, you could, uh, you could, I could keep, could have kept better records, but, you know, I did, uh, keep up with the main parts of it. Yep. Yeah. And, it, it's, and I'm glad I did. For sure. And it's got to be difficult when you're in, I could see if I was doing this, like how I get and during deer season, I get blinders on. I'm like tunnel vision, you know, and it's like, after the fact when season's over it's like man i should have done this and done this like i could definitely see how you could fall into something like that when you're trying to go from spot to spot be efficient you know you probably you have a wife do you have kids also oh i do yeah yeah so you know you got kids at home probably and you're like man i'm i'm away 10 days for them i get it like trying to be the most efficient with your time and you know get your job done and but you're still you know you're spending money and everything and it's like i could see all all that stuff could snowball and just kind of let something slip through the cracks for sure yeah it's i mean i've never been so tired in my life as i am during turkey season (laughs) i can only bet so you got to be careful i mean i I push myself to the limits doing this i really did are you are you a big coffee drinker No, actually, I'm not. Uh, I probably should be. But, <laughs> uh, no, I usually just grab a Coke or a tea and take off. Sure. So. Yeah. So how many miles did you did you calculate all the miles that you put on driving-wise through this whole thing? No, I didn't. I, I, I kind of wish I did. It would be a really interesting uh, number to know. And uh, everybody else says, you you should have kept up with how much money this cost you. Know, I'm like, I don't know if I want to know that or not. No, I don't think you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean tags alone. I could only imagine how much just the tag prices you'd have. Yeah, um, I would say that on average, um, that you could probably say about a <clears throat> probably 125 dollars per bird. Okay, uh, about average. So just for tags, you're saying, yep. Yeah, um, you know, some of these states were pretty cheap. I think like Rhode Island, I think for a license and tag, I think it was forty forty $40 maybe for really? an on-resident, which was shock me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you go to Tennessee and, you know, you're over 300 to hunt there. So, I mean, no kidding. Uh, yeah, so it's – and they're, at, they're lowering their uh, bag limits and stuff too. So, I mean, it's pretty expensive in some of these places. Yeah. So. What was the hardest state that you hunted? Um, everybody's asked me that, and I, I always have to say Mississippi. Um, I've still yet to hear a bird gobble there. Really? Um, yeah, I made a couple trips there. Didn't hear a bird or see a bird my first trip. I think I saw a jake uh, out of three days of hunting uh, the first trip. And uh, it just it whipped me, man. I'm just – I was just – I don't know. That one kind of had me against the wall. I mean, it, it's tough when you go out and you have pretty weather and you, you don't hear a bird gobble anywhere right. three days in a row. I mean, it's kind of gets you down. I mean, <laughs> you've, you know, you don't really know which way to start or, you know, which way to go or mm-hmm. what to do. So, and so I just pulled out of there and took a break from it and then came back and ended up getting my bird there, but he didn't gobble or anything either. And, you know, he was uh, just kind of hanging out in a in a logging road, and uh, just got lucky to get him. So, yep. What was the easiest state? 
Uh, definitely Kentucky. Oh, <laughs> yeah, true. Home state, yep. But yep. other than here, um, well, believe it or not, Louisiana was pretty easy. I mean, uh, and I, I feared that that would be my hardest one. You know, that's what I've – just all the stories I've heard and, you know, bird numbers and all that stuff and hunting okay. pressure. You know, it's a southern state. But I went in there. I just did some research on a map, and uh, I found an area that I wanted to hunt and just picked a spot I, where I could get away from roads and as much as I could and people and uh, got down there. I actually, I think I pulled into the campground like at midnight that Friday night, and then Saturday morning I got up real early just to try to make sure I could beat everybody into that spot and pulled in there and uh, never, you know, I saw a couple cars go by at daylight or, you know, leading up to daylight. But And I hiked back in there probably about a mile before daylight and just kind of hanging out uh, waiting on gobble and sure enough like 200 yards away one started gobbling right at daylight i went and set up called to him and he came right to me i no mean way. I, <laughs> I i couldn't believe it i had to go once i picked that bird up i'm like you know it just i was like it, it just floored me that i'd already got one so was that the quickest but, hunt you had on this whole journey um it was pretty fast um I don't know if that was the fastest one or not. I, I, I killed one in New York, um, and, I mean, it was, as soon as he came off the limb, he was right there on me. I mean, uh, actually, no, I'll tell you what, actually, New Jersey was probably my quickest hunt. Uh, there was one roosted right on the edge of the field that I was on. He pretty much just pitched down right right in front of me. Oh, man. I mean, it was, it don't was you just love that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's nice to have an easy one every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I think the so. quickest one I've ever been, I, I didn't shoot the bird. My buddy did, but I was with him when, when it happened, and we roosted the birds the night before. This was in Missouri. Roosted the birds the night before and knew we had to kind of, he was on the edge of a food plot, had to, he's like on this like inside corner, and we knew we had to get in early, got in early, and just kind of waited him out. And uh, when he pitched down, he took seven steps before, <laughs> seven steps before he, you know, got shot. And I looked at my buddy and I said, you know, if you knew that you were going to take seven steps tomorrow morning and it was going to be the rest, of your, you know, you're going to be done. Like, <laughs> how would you feel about that? Oh my gosh, man. That was a, yeah, that was a quick hunt. That way. Yeah. And sometimes you're just struggling to even hear a bird, you know. But, you know, I, I remember the ones that are hard, hardest the most. I mean, um, you know, you always remember those ones that tricked you two or three times and you go back to and you finally get them. You know, it, that's the that's the ones I actually really like. I like it when it's pretty tough. Yep. But, uh, the question I've got, and I don't know if you've gotten this at all, but uh, I'm interested is how many misses did you have through this whole thing? <laughs> Oh gosh, yeah. Nobody's ever nobody's ever asked me that. <laughs> good, good. I wanted a uh, question nobody's ever asked you. Uh, well, one I can't remember how many total. Uh, I know for sure I missed one in Georgia. Um, uh, I mean, it, it just it's gut wrenching. I mean, oh, yeah. I missed one yesterday. I, I about threw up. I mean, it just when you think you've got it all perfect. And, uh, you know, you pull that trigger and you just rush the shot. I mean, that's that's kind of what I blame it on. It's, it, there's nothing worse than that. Um, Arkansas, I'll never forget that miss. Uh, I took my boat down there and uh, I was hunting out of the boat. And that morning I went in on a bird, or while I was trying to go to a bird, and some guys came in from the land and kind of cut me off. And I had a pretty rough morning. I didn't hear anything other than that. And I kind of pulled up on a little point in the back of a cove, and I thought the sun was beating down. I, kind of, I ate me a sandwich, and I thought, I'm just going to lay here for a few minutes. And I just laid – I tied the boat up to the bank, laid down on my the front deck of my boat, had the sun hitting me. It felt real good. And I don't know how long I'd been asleep for. I don't know. It could have been five minutes. It could have been 30 minutes. But I woke up, I just and I heard something. I thought, what was that? And I, I just laid there kind of listening with my eyes closed. And I heard it again. It was a gobble like 150 yards away from me. I was no like, are way. you kidding? I mean, I, I had to make sure that I really heard that. 
I raised up, got ready. Sure enough, it was a turkey. He was on that point that I tied my boat up to. So I got up there and got set up, and uh, it just happened so fast. I, you know, I called to him, and that dude was coming, and I missed him. And I mean, oh. man, it took everything out of me. I mean, it just drained me. I, <laughs> you know, I thought here, you know, you can get so excited and think everything's going perfect and you're already planning on what you're going to do after, you know, after you get him and all <laughs> yep. that stuff. And that's the worst thing you can ever do. Yep. Um, and, uh, but I ended up, I, you know, it kind of pumped me back up a little bit and I ended up shooting one that afternoon. I got on another bird probably about, uh, probably about four or five o'clock that afternoon and ended up getting him. But, uh, but yeah, those misses, they stick with you for a little while to yeah, get you another one. So for sure, did you did you shoot one gun through the whole whole slam? I did. Yep. What gun was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a uh, Benelli Super Black Eagle Two. Okay, uh, it's a twelve gauge. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what ammo are you running with it then? Um, I've I've always shot the nitro ammunition. Uh, they're out of Missouri. Um, I was just shooting a heavy shot for years and uh, then the TSS came out. So a couple of years ago, I switched over to it and started shooting it. And, I mean, that stuff, it, it's amazing. What it you, is amazing. You know. Yeah. I've actually never shot the TSS, but I, when I was in Kentucky, um, I was listening to some guys that like, they like reload for a living. Basically they do a lot of reloading and they this TSS, TSS stuff and that was getting in the weeds and it was way above my head and I'm like, but they're getting 20 gauges to pattern and, and to kill birds out to like 60 yards and farther. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so far. Oh, it, it's, it's a game changer. I mean, you know, when you had lead shot, I mean, you know, 30 yards was, you know, 35 yards was a long shot getting pushing it, you know, 35, 40 yards. You wouldn't shoot over that and, now this TSS, I mean, you're they're shooting them forty yards with a four ten. I mean, it's just That's ridiculous. Unreal. unreal. But you know, through this whole trip and everything, did you use decoys at all, or was it just running gun? Let's gonna see what's happen. See what happens. Um, it all depended on where I was at. I would always bring decoys with me, uh, Jake and a hen. Um, you know, a lot of those western states, uh, like. In Iowa, that's what I use. I used a decoy set up there. Uh, it was snowing. I actually, and I always took a blind with me too. I've got a small, uh, a Maristep blind that pops up, and I mean, it's it's more like a, uh, you know, it's not even tall enough to stand up in, but it's just really easy to pack, real mm-hmm. lightweight. And I would always take it with me just in case I got to a state and the weather was bad, if it's raining or whatever. And so you, you know, you could at least hunt that day and not just get drenched. And, um, but I was, I was in a cornfield there and it, I think it was like, shoot, it was cold. It was like 15 degrees that morning and the wind was blowing like 20 miles an hour. And, um, I'd seen this bird in this field the day before that afternoon before. So, uh, I went out at daylight actually without the blind, couldn't hear anything. I mean, it was terrible. So I walked back to my truck, got my blind, and popped it up in a little fence roll, and just put some decoys out and sat there. And he ended up coming in. I didn't even know he was coming. I just looked down the field, and all of a sudden, here he is running. Um, so yeah, I, I most of the time in the woods, I never use them. Um, you know, I've had them come to a decoy and turn around and leave. You know, and not mm-hmm. even come all the way in. So I always kind of felt like you were better off not to use them if you. You know, if you didn't have to. Yep. But, um, yep. No, and that's what you know. That's something I always, I always battle with. And I'm not. I'm I'm a below average turkey hunter. I I can do just enough just to get it done. <laughs> and that's that's about <laughs> it. But uh, you know, that's what I always battle. And I I personally have had the most success over a strutting um, Jake that I put a real fan on over a laydown hen. And hmm. oh my gosh, it's it's unbelievable the amount of birds that I've had come in the field like you just talked and they see that setup. And if there's, if there's multiple birds, it's almost a guarantee. Like 
Okay, oh, yeah. we've got enough. <laughs> we're, we've got this guy outnumbered, and he's got to lay down head over there. Like, yeah, we're gonna go over and investigate this, and it's almost a guarantee. And um, it's fun. It is so much fun to watch the dino run across the field, and it's just like their breasts are just like wobbling all over. Uh, oh, it's great. Yeah, especially for kids and stuff too. I mean, if you're oh, yeah. trying to take a kid to hunt, you know, it really takes the focus off of you know, them looking for something, you know, and picking you off really fast. And they, once they get focused on those decoys, like you said, and come in and start fighting them and stuff. I mean, uh, my daughter, I took her last year and one was roosted right above us. And we had, had a strutter strutting decoy out and a hen and he flew out of the tree because we heard some more birds up on the hill goblin first. And, um, uh, he literally flew out of the tree. I was trying to film it and get all the stuff set up. And she said, hey, there's a bird out here. I turned around and there's a gobbler coming right to the decoy. And I mean, I wouldn't, didn't even have a clue he was there. We didn't have the gun loaded yet. Oh, my so gosh. So once he, once he came in and started fighting, I was able to, you know, it, load her gun and get her set up. And But if it wasn't for that, there's no way we would have got that bird. Right. Yep. So throughout this whole thing you finished the the slam this year right this spring uh yep that's right okay when, what was the last state that you uh that you finished it in uh nevada and that was the only state that i had for this year okay okay um so last year how many states did you do you remember how many you did last year um let's see here I think two, maybe. Oh, okay. Uh, it was, uh, I kind of, with COVID, uh, I had a tag in Nevada for uh, 2020. I think I had 10 states left to do that year and uh, to finish it. And I was shooting to, you know, I was going for that. That's what I was wanting to try to do. Well, COVID, we went to Hawaii in March and on our way back from Hawaii, uh, you know, COVID just ramped up and oh, everybody. Yeah. Nobody knew what was going to happen and all that stuff. So a lot of places were canceling. Um, you know, people weren't allowed to travel out of state. You know, so I got caught in the mix of all that. And uh, I never did go. Uh, I didn't hunt anywhere that year. Uh, Nevada, I had it scheduled to hunt first and uh, after Hawaii. So I had to cancel that trip. And um, the and I didn't have, you know, I... I never went to the state or anything, and I just uh, I didn't know. But you have to do a hunter survey at the end of the end of the season, and I didn't fill that out because I didn't go there. You know, things were crazy with the COVID and everything. And uh, the next year, last year, when I went to buy my Nevada uh, license, it actually said, "Well, you're not eligible to get a license this year because I didn't fill out that hunter survey in 2020." Oh. So that that state kind of hung me up from last year, and uh, <laughs> it's been haunting me for a while. So yeah, uh, so that kind of kind of you know it, it, that that's that held me up on the five year mark. But yep. That's okay. So after you completed this, like how much uh, how much weight was lifted off your shoulders? Was it finally like ah, I can relax now, or was it like let's do it again? <laughs> yeah, I, you know. It was a huge relief. Um, the place that I was hunting in Nevada, I mean, I was hunting on a uh, farm there, and a guy had plenty of birds last year. Well, they, they were doing some work near his farm, and they uh, all the birds left. It, it, they used to roost right in the same tree every every day, and they messed up the roost tree. And the guy told he actually told me, he's like, he said, I'd rather you not come this year at all and i said i've got to try i said and uh he said he'd only been seeing a few birds on his place so uh going against his wishes i i asked him i said do you care if i come out and just try and he he let me come out and so it wasn't a slam dunk i mean i was kind of nervous about going out there you know going that far and not even seeing a bird so and uh, you're limited on places you can hunt there too so it was uh you know it went from the easiest place to get a bird to the hardest place, you know, yep. hardest place. So, yep. Well, that's so I was so very cool. relieved. 
Yeah, that's, I can only imagine. What's what's the plans going forward? Are you going to try to do a world slam, or you know what what are you thinking? You know, I I really haven't made up my mind yet what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm kind of just uh, I I think I'm about 20 states into having at least two or more birds in each state. Okay. So uh, I might just keep going with that and just kind of gives you a direction to, you know, a, a route to follow in the spring. Um, I've hunted a bunch of states this spring. Uh, it's been tough. I haven't had much luck, but um, that it's, you know, I, I can kind of figure up where, which states that I need to go back to to get a second bird. Maybe I can do that and plan for next year. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm going to slow down some. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going <laughs> to take off like I did before. Yep. Kind of, you know, I would drive, I drove right past the Grand Canyon and never even stopped. Oh, <laughs> and I've never seen it in my life. So, I mean, most people think you're crazy to drive by all that stuff. And, but, uh, yeah. you know, limited time and stuff. And I was ready to go to the next state. So I just passed up a lot of stuff that I probably should stop to look at. Yeah. But. Yep. How, okay. So last question, I know we're coming up on time here and I want to be respectful of your time, but how did you end up displaying all the birds? Like, are you, did you mount them all? That'd be a lot, but did you mount them all? No, um, I've got all the fans from each one of them. Uh, got all the beards and on all the spurs, uh, what I would do, I would, clean the spurs and uh, put them on a piece of leather, you know, necklace. Yep. And, uh, and I do this with every bird. I, I'll take a magic marker, black magic marker, write what state it was and the date. And uh, that's kind of a neat way to keep up with it too. But uh, That's very cool. Yeah. So That's awesome. Well, if, if anybody wants to kind of see any videos that you've done or any posting on social media, where can you direct them to, to kind of go look and, Look at that stuff and, uh, you know, keep up with you. Okay. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I'm on Facebook, uh, Turkey Hunting USA. Come by there and check out my page. Um, I'm kind of new to all of this coming up. Uh, I'm trying to do some videos. I do have some on my YouTube channel. It's Turkey Hunting USA as well. But uh, hopefully uh, in the future, uh, I'll have some more uh, videos coming up and, uh, and follow along see where i'm at and what's going on so very cool billy i appreciate you so much man for coming out and doing this and and just kind of telling this story and it's actually pretty new i mean you you completed this early april right so you were done early april yeah yeah it was the second day of april so it's uh just last month yeah that's awesome like i said thank you very much for doing this and uh you know i greatly appreciate it no thank you for asking me to come on i've enjoyed it appreciate you all right, there you have it. Thank you, Billy, for coming on, man. That is awesome. Thank you so much. What a story. Guys, don't forget, go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. That is always needed and helped to get the name out there, get more people listening to the Fall Podcast. So thank you guys very much, and we'll be right here next week on the Fall Podcast.